think yesterday was hard? Yeah. This, I have to be honest, this is not really the way I was planning on starting my sermon today, but somehow late last night, I knew in the very core of me that I could not stand up here and not acknowledge what happened in our country. Yesterday, if you were on any news or social media, everyone I knew, it seemed, were all focused on Charlottesville, with good reason. The racism that we witnessed yesterday was horrible and disgusting and decidedly unchristlike. As Chad mentioned earlier, it is sin. So I found myself with the same dilemma many of my pastor colleagues found themselves in yesterday. Do I scrap my sermon and start over? I know plenty who did, in fact. But at 11.49 p.m. last night, as I looked over again my own sermon for this morning, I decided to not start over because nothing really changed. Racism didn't just appear yesterday. Neither did anger or hatred. These are things that exist each and every day. They were just a little more visible than usual. They have been around for a while. They are the product of our broken world. This broken world that our God calls us into even as God redeems and renews it for us and with us and through us. Our gospel text today is all about one of these such emotions that is fully present and constant in our broken world. And that is fear. Each and every day, it is always there. And sometimes our fear, too, rises up in a way that takes us off guard. But fear is not new. And neither is God's response to it. So today's moment of fear in the gospel takes us into a boat again, on a lake, in less than ideal conditions, again. And it is where we again find our disciples cowering in fear. Now, as Minnesotans, we are used to lakes. We know how to be on them, how to be safe on them, and when to avoid being on them. We also know the difference between a light wind and an unsafe wind. James, I promise you guys this was not a plant this morning that James said, wind is nothing to laugh at when you're out in a canoe on a lake. But that is true. If you've ever been on a small boat without a motor, like a canoe or a kayak, and the wind picks up and you paddle and paddle and paddle, but you don't go anywhere. Anybody ever experienced that? You just kind of seem like you're stuck in the same spot, right? And after a while, the wind seems to be stronger than your ability to power through it. There always seems to be at least one day during each week, although James said it was three of the five, when we send kids to wilderness where the lake is so windy they aren't sure they're going to make it. We've heard some stories from our students and leaders alike as they paddled through conditions that would make even the most brave and skilled of us want to give up. So I have a couple pictures, I think. 
It's from last year. Now, they didn't take pictures on the stormy day with good reason, right? No one wants to pull their camera out while you're paddling against the wind. But this was still not a calm day on the water. I feel like most people who've been in the boundary waters have a story about canoeing through white caps and waves. And you know what? It is scary. It's exhausting to paddle and paddle as hard as you can and to feel like you've barely moved forward at all. And for each person who has experienced this, there's this one moment of temptation to just stop. To just give up paddling and let the wind take you where it wants to take you, even if it's back the way you came. In the Gospel, Jesus has sent the disciples across the lake, telling them that he needs some alone time, and so they go. And as seems to be common for our disciples, they find themselves stuck in rough conditions. Not a storm this time as it was just a few chapters ago in Matthew 8, but it is very windy. And more importantly, Jesus isn't with them in the boat today. Remember in chapter 8, Jesus was asleep in the boat with the disciples. They simply had to wake him up when they were afraid, and then he calmed the storm. So they know it's possible, but this time, they're alone. They are out on the lake by themselves, and they have been fighting with the waves all day long, and it is not going well. Verse 24 says, By this time the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. The wind was against them. So there they are, far away from any land, feeling battered and tired and a little scared. But the thing that really scares them is Jesus. Jesus begins to walk on the water towards these disciples, and it says they are terrified, not just scared, but terrified. Notice how they don't think, oh good, Jesus is here. Remember last time he was able to calm this storm. He'll do it again. No, they panic. They make the logical assumption that it must be a ghost walking towards them on the water because nothing or no one else would be able to possibly walk on the water. So obviously, it's a ghost. I mean, Jesus had just healed a bunch of people, fed 5,000 with a boy's snack, but the guy walking on the water, definitely not possible to be Jesus, right? So Jesus, with what I picture to be an eye roll of epic proportions at his overdramatic disciples, says, Guys, calm down. It's me. Stop freaking out, okay, just for a second. And then Peter, in classic Peter form, doesn't say, Jesus, can you, can you help us out here? No, Peter, like many of us, is all about Peter. And he says, okay, if it is you, I want to come out there with you. And Jesus says, okay, come on. Now, we've probably all heard a sermon about this at some point in our lives. Peter walks for a little bit and then begins to sink, right? And we've all 
heard maybe some version of keep your eyes on Jesus and you won't sink, right? Has anybody heard that sermon before, right? The the issue was that you should get out of the boat, but if you take your eyes off of him, you're probably going to sink. That's what I have heard preached on this text throughout my entire lifetime of growing up. It takes, It ends up making me feel a lot of pressure, though. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Because then if you start to think it's all your fault, you must have done something wrong, right? You did it to yourself. You should have just stayed focused on Jesus. So it made me start to think, what if this isn't about keeping our eyes on Jesus? When Peter sinks and yells out, Lord, save me, Jesus saves him and then says, You have little faith, why did you doubt? And so it got me thinking, what would a doubtless and faithful action have looked like for Peter? Would he have walked to Jesus and they like do a bro hug and then walk back to the boat together? What is the ideal scenario here? What's the moment where Peter loses his faith? where he doubts. And what is the doubt? Was it leaving the boat? I mean, Jesus is on his way to the boat in the first place. One could make the argument that if Peter had just stayed in the boat, none of this would have happened. If he would have just trusted Jesus was who he said he was, he would have stayed in there. Was it the moment he noticed the waves and wind and got scared? When he thought maybe he couldn't do what Jesus said he could do? I think either of these could be true. They are, in fact, very supported by the text in front of us today. But I have another idea that has caught me this week and hasn't let go. What if the moment of doubt wasn't when he left the boat or noticed the waves, But instead, in that moment, he began to sink just for a second. What if he thought for himself, what if Jesus lets me sink? What if? We had some what ifs of our own this week. And they are soul-sucking and terrifying. Jesus is right there, right in front of him, close enough to reach out a hand and save him. That's what it says when he calls out Jesus is right there. But what if Peter's doubt in this text is that Jesus is there but won't help him? I mean, it's been a while since I've cried up here, so you guys, look, we keep them just for me. Now, before we judge Peter in this moment, let me just put it out there that he is not singular in this line of thinking. We have all been here. That quick moment where we let our fear lean towards hopelessness. When we ask our own what ifs. What if this is as good as it gets. What if I really am alone? 
What if no one ever loves me? What if the cancer comes back? What if I never get pregnant? What if I had left the house five minutes earlier? What if I don't get better? What if this is what kills me? What if Jesus lets me think? See, I think Peter's feelings in this moment are universal. Peter's fear is taking over. It's becoming more than he can handle. The what-ifs do that very thing. They push us toward despair. The what-ifs that come out of fear batter our minds and hearts like wind and waves on a canoe in a lake in blustery conditions. See, fear acknowledges the wind and the waves are real, but despair causes us to be so afraid we lose hope. Despair causes us to imagine that there is no possible way out. It is a scary and exhausting place to be. But it is also what brings us to the gospel in this story. The good news. Jesus doesn't tell Peter not to worry or to be brave or to just keep his eyes on him. He doesn't make Peter confess his strength of faith or lack of doubt before he pulls out his, holds out his hand to help him. Jesus reaches out and plucks Peter up out of the water, no questions asked. I've got you, Peter, I've got you. Make no mistake. Peter's fear is real. The waves have not calmed down yet. In fact, it's not until they get back into the boat with the others when Jesus calms the wind. The wind is still raging at that very moment. Peter is actually sinking. The things that scare us are real. And they are present. Even now, even today, we can feel it. But just as Jesus was there for Peter, he is there for us. Bad stuff happens in this broken world. Bad things happen that make us feel like we are sinking. Despair and hopelessness are real and alive. But the reminder that we get this morning is that there is no place and no person beyond the reach of God. Cancer is real and depression is real and racism is real, but God is real too. And those things that are storms that we are walking through are real, but we do not walk alone. The promise of today's gospel is that as children of God, claimed and named and loved, we will not be left alone in the middle of a storm.
even while it continues to rage around us. Now don't get me wrong, it is not a promise that there won't be storms at all. That's not true. But it does mean that when life hands you a storm that you don't see coming, one that you definitely didn't want, and one that changes your whole life, God will pick you up and walk with you until you can get back in that boat and the storm calms down. It means that we can be surrounded and we are surrounded by fear and chaos and questions and doubt and it is hard and familiar and exhausting. We can be surrounded by these things and still believe and trust that God has got us. We do not go alone and it is well that we are God's and it is well. And to that we say, Amen.